section twenty eight of psychology of the unconscious by carl jung this librivox recording is in the public domain section twenty eight chapter eight part two the fundamental pictures are the sacrificial death and the resurrection of christ like the self-sacrifice of the sun which voluntarily breaks its sceptre the fructifying rays in the certain hope of resurrection the following comments are to be noted in regard to the sceptre of rays spilrein's patience says god pierces through the earth with his rays the earth in the patient's mind has the meaning of woman she also comprehends the sunbeam in mythologic fashion as something solid jesus christ has shown me his love by striking against the window with a sunbeam among other insane patients i have come across the same idea of the solid substance of the sunbeam here there is also a hint of the phallic nature of the instrument which is associated with the hero thor's hammer which cleaving the earth penetrates deeply into it may be compared to the foot of cyneus the hammer is retained in the interior of the earth like the treasure and in the course of time it gradually comes again to the surface the treasure blooms meaning that it was born again from the earth compare what has been said concerning the etymology of swelling on many monuments mithra holds a peculiar object in his hands which cumont compares to a half-filled tube diedrich proves from his papyrus text that the object is the shoulder of the bull the bear constellation the shoulder has an indirect phallic meaning for it is the part which is wanting in pelops pelops was slaughtered by his father tantalus dismembered and boiled in a kettle to make a meal for the gods demeter had unsuspectingly eaten the shoulder from this feast when zeus discovered the outrage he had the pieces thrown back into the kettle and with the help of the life-dispensing clotho pelops was regenerated and the shoulder which was missing was replaced by an ivory one this substitution is a close parallel to the substitution of the missing phallus of osiris mithra is represented in a special ceremony holding the bull's shoulder over soul his son and vice-regent this scene may be compared to a sort of dedication or accolade something like the ceremony of confirmation the blow of the hammer as a generating fructifying inspiring function is retained as a folk custom and expressed by striking with the twig of life which has the significance of a charm of fertility in the neuroses the sexual meaning of castigation plays an important part for among many children castigation may elicit a sexual orgasm the ritual act of striking has the same significance of generating fructifying and is indeed merely a variant of the original phallic ceremonial of similar character to the bull's shoulder is the cloven hoof of the devil to which a sexual meaning 
also appertains the ass's jawbone wielded by samson has the same worth in the polynesian maui myth the jawbone the weapon of the hero is derived from the man-eating woman muranga wanua whose body swells up enormously from lusting for human flesh frobenius hercules club is made from the wood of the maternal olive tree faust's key also knows the mothers the libido springs from the mother and with this weapon alone can man overcome death it corresponds to the phallic nature of the ass's jawbone that at the place where samson threw it god caused a spring to gush forth springs from the horse's tread footsteps horse's hoof to this relation of meanings belongs the magic wand the sceptre in general various greek terms equaling staff storm wind uh, latin shaft stock scapula shoulder old high german spear lance we meet once more in this compilation those connections which are already well known to us sun phallus as tube of the winds lance and shoulder blade the passage from asia through patmos to the christian mysteries in the poem of herodolin is apparently a superficial connection but in reality a very ingenious train of thought namely the entrance into death and the land beyond as a self-sacrifice of the hero for the attainment of immortality at this time when the sun is set when love is apparently dead man awaits a mysterious joy the renewal of all life and joy it was from now on to live in the loving night and see the eyes of innocence hold the unchanging depths of all wisdom wisdom dwells in the depths the wisdom of the mother being one with it insight is obtained into the meaning of deeper things into all the deposits of primitive times the strata of which have been preserved in the soul herodolin in his diseased ecstasy feels once more the greatness of the things seen but he does not care to bring up to the light of day that which he had found in the depths in this he differs from faust and it is not evil if a few are lost and never found and if the speech conceals the living sound because each godly work resembles ours and yet the highest does not plan it all the great pit bears two irons and the glowing lava of etna would i had the power to build an image and see the spirit see it as it was he allows only one hope to glimmer through formed in scanty words he wakes the dead they who are not enchained and bound they who are not unwrought and if the heavenly ones now as i believe love me silent is his sign in the dusky sky and one stands under it his whole life long for christ still lives but as once gilgamesh bringing back the magic herb from the west land was robbed of his treasure by the demon serpent so does herodolin's poem die away in a painful lament which betrays to us that no victorious resurrection will follow his descent to the shadows ignominiously 
a power tears our heart away for sacrifices the heavenly ones demand this recognition that man must sacrifice the retrogressive longing the incestuous libido before the heavenly ones tear away the sacrifice and at the same time the entire libido came too late to the poet therefore i take it to be a wise counsel which the unconscious gives our author to sacrifice the infantile hero this sacrifice is best accomplished as is shown by the most obvious meaning through a complete devotion to life in which all the libido unconsciously bound up in familial bonds must be brought outside into human contact for it is necessary for the well-being of the adult individual who in his childhood was merely an atom revolving in a rotary system to become himself the centre of a new system that such a step implies the solution or at least the energetic treatment of the individual sexual problem is obvious for unless this is done the unemployed libido will inexorably remain fixed in the incestuous bond and will prevent individual freedom in essential matters let us keep in mind that christ's teaching separates man from his family without consideration and in the talk with nicodemus we saw the specific endeavour of christ to procure activation of the incest libido both tendencies serve the same goal the liberation of man the jew from his extraordinary fixation to the family which does not imply higher development but greater weakness and more uncontrolled incestuous feeling produced the compensation of the compulsory ceremonial of the cult and the religious fear of the incomprehensible jehovah when man terrified by no laws and no furious fanatics or prophets allows his incestuous libido full play and does not liberate it for higher purposes than he is under the influence of unconscious compulsion for compulsion is the unconscious wish freud he is under the dominance of the libido greek fate and his destiny does not lie in his own hands his adventures in greek chances and fates fall from the stars his unconscious incestuous libido which thus is applied in its most primitive form fixes the man as regards his love type in a corresponding primitive stage the stage of ungovernableness and surrender to the emotions such was the psychologic situation of the passing antiquity and the redeemer and physician of that time was he who endeavoured to educate man to the sublimation of the incestuous libido the destruction of slavery was the necessary condition of that sublimation for antiquity had not yet recognised the duty of work and work as a duty as a social need of fundamental importance slave labour was compulsory work the counterpart of the equally disastrous compulsion of the libido of the privileged it was only the obligation of the individual to work which made possible in the long run that regular drainage of the unconscious which was inundated by the continual regression of the libido indolence is the beginning of all vice because in a condition of slothful dreaming the libido has abundant opportunity 
for sinking into itself in order to create compulsory obligations by means of regressively reanimated incestuous bonds the best liberation is through regular work work however is salvation only when it is a free act and has in itself nothing of infantile compulsion in this respect religious ceremony appears in a high degree as organized in activity and at the same time as the forerunner of modern work miss miller's vision treats the problem of the sacrifice of the infantile longing in the first place as an individual problem but if we cast a glance at the form of this presentation then we will become aware that here it must concern something which is also a problem of humanity in general for the symbols employed the serpent which killed the horse and the hero voluntarily sacrificing himself are primitive figures of fantasies and religious myths streaming up from the unconscious in so far as the world and all within it is above all a thought which is credited with transcendental substance through the empirical need of the same there results from the sacrifice of the regressive libido the creation of the world and psychologically speaking the world in general for him who looks backward the world and even the infinite starry sky is the mother who bends over and encloses him on all sides and from the renunciation of this idea and from the longing for this idea arises the image of the world from this most simple fundamental thought which perhaps appears strange to us only because it is conceived according to the principle of desire and not the principle of reality results the significance of the cosmic sacrifice a good example of this is the slaying of the babylonian primitive mother tiamat the dragon whose body is destined to form the heaven and the earth we come upon this thought in its most complete form in hindu philosophy of the most ancient date namely in songs of rigveda in rigveda ten eighty one four the song inquires what was the tree what wood in sooth produced it from which they fashioned out the earth and heaven ye thoughtful men inquire within your spirit whereon he stood when he established all things vic vakarman the all-creator who created the world from the unknown tree did so as follows he who sacrificing entered into all these beings as a wise sacrificer our father who striving for blessings through prayer hiding his origin entered this lowly world what and who has served him as a resting-place and a support rigveda ten ninety gives answer to these questions purusha is the primal being who covered earth on every side and spread ten fingers breadth beyond one sees that purusha is a sort of platonic world soul who surrounds the world from without of purusha it is said being born he overtopped the earth before behind and in all places the mother symbolism is plain it seems to me in the idea of purusha he represents the mother imago and the libido of the child clinging to her from this assumption all that follows is very easily explained as sacrificial animal on the bed of straw was dedicated the purusha 
who was born on the straw whom the gods the blessed and the wise meeting there sacrificed this verse is very remarkable if one wishes to stretch this mythology out on the procrustean bed of logic sore violence would have to be committed it is an incredibly fantastic conception that beside the gods ordinary wise men unite in sacrificing the primitive being aside from the circumstance that beside the primitive being nothing had existed in the beginning that is to say before the sacrifice as we shall soon see if the great mystery of the mother sacrifice is meant thereby then all becomes clear from that great general sacrifice the dripping fat was gathered up he formed the creatures of the air and animals both wild and tame from that great general sacrifice rickus and samahims were born therefrom the meters were produced the yajjus had its birth from it the moon was gendered from his mind and from his eye the sun had birth indra and agni from his mouth were born and vaya from his breath forth from his navel came mid-air the sky was fashioned from his head earth from his feet and from his ears the regions thus they form the worlds it is evident that by this is meant not a physical but a psychological cosmogony the world arises when man discovers it he discovers it when he sacrifices the mother that is to say when he has freed himself from the midst of his unconscious lying in the mother that which impels him forward to this discovery may be interpreted psychologically as the so-called incest barrier of freud the incest prohibition places an end to the childish longing for the food-giving mother and compels the libido gradually becoming sexual into the path of the biological aim the libido forced away from the mother by the incest prohibition seeks for the sexual object in the place of the forbidden mother in this wider psychologic sense which expresses itself in the allegoric language of the incest prohibition mother etc must be understood freud's paradoxical sentence originally we have known only sexual objects this sentence must be understood psychologically throughout in the sense of a world image created from within outwards which has in the first place nothing to do with the so-called objective idea of the world this is to be understood as a new edition of the subjective idea of the world corrected by reality biology as a science of objective experience would have to reject unconditionally freud's proposition for as we have made clear above the function of reality can only be partly sexual in another equally important part it is self-preservation the matter appears different for that thought which accompanies the biological function as an epiphenomenon as far as our knowledge reaches the individual act of thought is dependent wholly or in greatest part on the existence of a highly differentiated brain whereas the function of reality adaptation to reality is something which occurs in all living nature as wholly independent from the act of thought this important proposition of freud's applies only to the act of thought for thinking as we may recognize from manifold traces arose dynamically from the libido which was 
split off from the original object as the incest barrier and became actual when the first budding sexual emotions began to flow in the current of the libido which goes to the mother through the incest barrier the sexual libido is forced away from the identification with the parents and introverted for lack of adequate activity it is the sexual libido which forces the growing individual slowly away from his family if this necessity did not exist then the family would always remain clustered together in a solid group hence the neurotic always renounces a complete erotic experience in order that he may remain a child fantasies seem to arise from the introversion of the sexual libido since the first childish fantasies most certainly do not attain the quality of a conscious plan and as fantasies likewise even among adults are almost always the direct derivates of the unconscious it is therefore highly probable that the first fantastic manifestations arise from an act of regression as we illustrated earlier the regression goes back to the pre-sexual stage as many traces show here the sexual libido obtains again so to speak that universal capacity of application or capacity for displacement which it actually possessed at the stage when the sexual application was not yet discovered naturally no adequate object is found in the pre-sexual stage for the regressive sexual libido but only surrogates which always leave a wish namely the wish to have the surrogate as similar as possible to the sexual goal this wish is secret however for it is really an incest wish the unsatisfied unconscious wish creates innumerable secondary objects symbols for the primitive object the mother as the rigveda says the creator of the world hiding his origin enters into things from this the thought or the fantasies proceed as a desexualized manifestation of an originally sexual libido from the standpoint of the libido the term incest barrier corresponds to one aspect but the matter however may be considered from another point of view the time of undeveloped sexuality about the third and the fourth year is at the same time considered externally the period when the child finds himself confronted with increased demands from the world of reality he can walk speak and independently attend to a number of other things he sees himself in a relation to a world of unlimited possibilities but in which he dares to do little or nothing because he is as yet too much of a baby and cannot get on without his mother at this time mother should be exchanged for the world against this the past rises as the greatest resistance this is always so whenever man would undertake a new adaptation in spite of all evidence and against all conscious resolutions the unconscious the past always enforces its standpoint as resistance in this difficult position precisely at this period of developing sexuality we see the dawning of the mind the problem of the child at this period is the discovery of the world and of the great transsubjective reality for that he must lose the mother every step out into the world means a step away from the mother naturally all that which is retrogressive in men rebels against this step and energetic attempts are 
made against this adaptation in the first place therefore this period of life is also that in which the first clearly developed neuroses arise the tendency of this age is one directly opposed to that of dementia precox the child seeks to win the world and to leave the mother this is a necessary result the dementia precox patient however seeks to leave the world and to regain the subjectivity of childhood we have seen that in dementia precox the recent adaptation to reality is replaced by an archaic mode of adaptation that is to say the recent idea of the world is rejected in favour of an archaic idea of the world when the child renounces his task of adaptation to reality or has considerable difficulties in this direction then we may expect that the recent adaptation will again be replaced by archaic modes of adaptation it would therefore be conceivable that through regression in children archaic products would naturally be unearthed that is to say old ways of functioning of the thought system which is inborn with the brain differentiation would be awakened according to my available but as yet unpublished material a remarkably archaic and at the same time generally applicable character seems to appertain to infantile fantasy quite comparable with the products of dementia precots it does not seem improbable that through regression at this age those same associations of elements and analogies are reawakened which formerly constituted the archaic idea of the world when we now attempt to investigate the nature of these elements a glance at the psychology of myths is sufficient to show us that the archaic idea was chiefly sexual anthropomorphism it appears that these things in the unconscious childish fantasy play an extraordinary role as we can recognize from examples taken at random just as the sexualism of neuroses is not to be taken literally but as regressive fantasy and symbolic compensation for a recent unachieved adaptation so is the sexualism of the early infantile fantasy especially the incest problem a regressive product of the revival of the archaic modes of function outweighing actuality on this account i have expressed myself very vaguely in this work i am sure in regard to the incest problem this is done in order not to be responsible for the idea that i understand by it a gross sexual inclination towards the parents the true facts of the case are much more complicated as my investigations point out originally incest probably never possessed particularly great significance as such because cohabitation with an old woman for all possible motives could hardly be preferred to mating with a young woman it seems that the mother has acquired incestuous significance only psychologically thus for example the incestuous unions of antiquity were not a result of a love inclination but of a special superstition which is most intimately bound up with the mythical ideas here treated a pharaoh of the second dynasty is said to have married his sister his daughter and his granddaughter the ptolemies were accustomed also to marriage with sisters cambyses married his sister antarxerxes married his two daughters quobad the first sixth century a d married his daughter the satrap sisimithras married his mother these incestuous unions are explained by the circumstance that in the zendavesta the marriage of relatives was directly commanded 
it emphasized the resemblance of rulers to the divinity and therefore was more of an artificial than a natural arrangement because it originated more from a theoretical than from a biological inclination a practical impetus towards that lay often in the peculiar laws of inheritance left over from the mutterrecht maternal right matriarchal period the confusion which certainly frequently involved the barbarians of antiquity in regard to the choice of their sexual objects cannot very well be measured by the standard of present-day love psychology in any case the incest of the semi-animal past is in no way proportionate to the enormous significance of the incest fantasy among civilized people this disproportion enforces the assumption that the incest prohibition which we meet even amongst relatively lower races concerns rather the mythical ideas than the biological damage therefore the ethnical prohibition almost always concerns the mother and seldom the father incest prohibition can be understood therefore as a result of regression and as the result of a libidinous anxiety which regressively attacks the mother naturally it is difficult or impossible to say from whence this anxiety may have come i merely venture to suggest that it may have been a question of a primitive separation of the pairs of opposites which are hidden in the will of life the will for life and for death it remains obscure what adaptation the primitive man tried to evade through introversion and regression to the parents but according to the analogy of the soul life in general it may be assumed that the libido which disturbed the initial equilibrium of becoming and of ceasing to be had been stored up in the attempt to make an especially difficult adaptation and from which it recedes even to-day after this long digression let us turn back to the song of the rigveda thinking and a conception of the world arose from a shrinking back from stern reality and it is only after man has regressively assured himself again of the protective parental power that he enters life wrapped in a dream of childhood shrouded in magic superstitions that is to say thinking for he timidly sacrificing his best and assuring himself of the favour of the invisible power step by step develops to greater power in the degree that he frees himself from his retrogressive longing and the original lack of harmony in his being rig veda ten ninety concludes with the exceedingly significant verse which is of greatest importance for the christian mysteries as well gods sacrificing rendered homage to the sacrifice these were the earliest holy ordinances the mighty ones attained the height of heaven there where the sadhyas goddesses of old are dwelling through the sacrifice a fullness of power was attained which extends up to the power of the parents thus the sacrifice has also the meaning of a psychologic maturation process in the same manner that the world originated through sacrifice through the renunciation of the retrospective mother libido thus according to the teachings of the upanishads is produced the new condition of man which may be termed the immortal this new condition is again attained through a sacrifice namely through the sacrificial horse which is given a cosmic significance in the teaching of the upanishads what the sacrificial horse means is told by brihadaranayaka upanishad one one om one 
the dawn is truly the head of the sacrificial horse the sun is eye the wind is breath his mouth the all-spreading fire the year is the body of the sacrificial horse the sky is his back the atmosphere his body cavity the earth the vault of his belly the poles are his sides the space between the poles his ribs the seasons his limbs the months half-months his joints day and night his feet the stars his bones the clouds his flesh the food which he digests are the deserts the rivers his veins liver and lungs the mountains the herbs and trees his hair the rising sun is his forepart the setting sun his hind part when he shows his teeth that is lightning when he trembles that is thunder when he urinates that is rain his voice is speech to the day in truth has originated for the horse as the sacrificial dish which stands before him his cradle is in the world sea towards the east the night has originated for him as the sacrificial dish which stands behind him its cradle is in the world sea of the evening these two dishes originated in order to surround the horse as a charger he generated the gods as champion he produced the gandharves as a racer the demons as horse mankind the ocean is his relative the ocean his cradle as deucen remarks the sacrificial horse has a significance of a renunciation of the universe when the horse is sacrificed then the world is sacrificed and destroyed as it were a train of thought which schopenhauer also had in mind and which appears as a product of a diseased mind in schreber the horse in the above text stands between two sacrificial vessels from one of which it comes and to the other of which it goes just as the sun passes from morning to evening the horse therefore signifies the libido which has passed into the world we previously saw that the mother libido must be sacrificed in order to produce the world here the world is destroyed by the repeated sacrifice of the same libido which once belonged to the mother the horse can therefore be substituted as a symbol for this libido because as we saw it had manifold connections with the mother the sacrifice of the horse can only produce another state of introversion which is similar to that before the creation of the world the position of the horse between the two vessels which represent the producing and the devouring mother hint at the idea of life enclosed in the ovum therefore the vessels are destined to surround the horse that this is actually so the Dara yaka upanishad three three proves one from where have the descendants of parikshit come that i ask thee yajanavakya from where came the descendants of parikshit two yajanavalka spake he has told thee they have come from where all come who offer up the sacrificial horse that is to say this world extends so far as two and thirty days of the chariot of the gods the sun reach this world surrounds the earth twice around this earth surrounds the ocean twice around there is as broad as the edge of a razor or as the wing of a fly a space between the two shells of the egg of the world these were brought by indra as a falcon to the wind and the wind took them up into itself and carried them where were the offerers of the sacrificial horse somewhat like this he spake god harba to thee and praise the wind therefore is the wind the special vyashti 
and the wind the universal samashti he who knows this defends himself from dying again as this text tells us the offerers of the sacrificial horse come in that narrowest fissure between the shells of the egg of the world at that place where the shells unite and where they are divided the fissure vagina in the maternal world soul is designated by plato and timaeus by chi the symbol of the cross indra who as a falcon has stolen the soma the treasure attainable with difficulty brings as psychopompos the souls to the wind to the generating pneuma which carries them forward to the fissure or vagina to the point of union to the entrance into the maternal egg this train of thought of the hindu philosophy briefly and concisely summarizes the sense of innumerable myths at the same time it is a striking example of the fact that philosophy is internally nothing else but a refined and sublimated mythology it is brought to this refined state by the influence of the corrector of reality we have emphasized the fact that in the miller drama the horse is the first to die as the animal brother of the hero corresponding to the early death of the half-animal iabani the brother friend of gilgamesh this sacrificial death recalls the whole category of mythological animal sacrifices volumes could be filled with parallels but we must limit ourselves here to suggestions the sacrificial animal where it has lost the primitive meaning of the simple sacrificial gift and has taken a higher religious significance stands in a close relation to both the hero and the divinity the animal represents the god himself thus the bull represents zagreus dionysus and mithra the lamb represents christ etc as we are aware the animal symbols represent the animal libido the sacrifice of the animal means therefore the sacrifice of the animal nature this is most clearly expressed in the religious legend of attis attis is the sun lover of the divine mother agdistus cybele agdistus was characteristically androgynous as symbol of the mother libido like the tree really a clear indication that the mother imago has in addition to the significance of the likeness of the real mother the meaning of the mother of humanity the libido in general driven mad by the insanity breeding mother enamoured of him he emasculated himself and that under a pine tree the pine tree plays an important role in his service every year a pine tree was wreathed about and upon it an image of attis was hung and then it was cut down which represents the castration the blood which spurted to the earth was transformed into budding violets cybele now took this pine tree bore it into her cavern and there wept over it pieta the chthonic mother takes her son with her into the cavern namely into the womb according to another version attis was transformed into the pine tree the tree here has an essentially phallic meaning on the contrary the attaching of the image of attis to the tree refers also to the maternal meaning to be attached to the mother in ovid metamorphoses book ten the pine tree is spoken of as follows in latin beloved of the mother of the gods inasmuch as the cybeline attis sheds his human shape in this way and stiffens into this tree trunk the transformation into the pine tree is evidently a burial in the mother just as osiris was overgrown by the heather upon the attis bas-relief of coblance 
Addis appears growing out of a tree which is interpreted by monhart as the life principle of vegetation inherent in the tree it is probably a tree birth just as with mithra relief of hedernheim as firmicus observes in the isis and osiris cult and also in the cult of the virgin persephone tree and image had played a role dionysus had the surname dendrites and in boeotia he is said to have been called in the greek uh, meaning in a tree at the birth of dionysus megara planted the pine tree on the cathiron the pentheus myth bound up with the dionysus legend furnishes the remarkable and supplementary counterpart to the death of attis and the subsequent lamentation pentheus curious to espy the orgies of the menides climbed upon a pine tree but he was observed by his mother the menides cut down the tree and pentheus taken for an animal was torn by them in frenzy his own mother being the first to rush upon him in this myth the phallic meaning of the tree cutting down castration and its maternal significance mounting and the sacrificial death of the sun is present at the same time the supplementary counterpart to the pieta is apparent the terrible mother the feast of attis was celebrated as a lamentation and then as a joy in the spring good friday and easter the priests of attis sibeli worship were often eunuchs and were called galloi the archigallus was called attis attis instead of the animal castration the priests merely scratched their arms until they bled arm in place of phallus the twisting of arms a similar symbolism of the sacrificial impulse is met in the mithraic religion where essential parts of the mysteries consist in the catching and the subduing of the bull end of section twenty eight